Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Football Chat with May and Kat. We're two Australian girls, football fanatics and good friends who spend most of our time watching, playing or talking football. I'm May and I live in London. And I'm Kat living in Sydney. But no distance will stop us from Football Chat. Let's kick off. Kat and I are taking a new spin on things and we're going to do a couple of studio chats with with some people who are in the industry in, over the next coming weeks. And our first guests are Roberto and Giorgio Speranza, who are both players in the NPL League in Australia. So boys, why don't you introduce yourselves a little bit? So I'm Robbie or Roberto. Um, and yeah, as, as May just mentioned, I play in the NPL for Marconi Stallions. I've uh, been there for a few years now. I've been playing NPL football since eighteen, I'd say. We probably started cracking into first grade, um, and yeah. Other than that, I'm a physio as well. So my whole life is revolving around football and athletes. And I'm um, Giorgio, otherwise known as G. <laughs> um, as Robbie mentioned, uh, I play for Marconi as well. So I'm a left back, and my brother's right back. We've been at Marconi for three years now um, and playing in the NPL uh, first grade for 11, 10, 11 years. And I'm a high school teacher. What do you teach? Nice. Obviously the best subjects. Uh, <laughs> PDHPE. <laughs> <laughs> and as, nice. J- as Jay mentioned, he plays left back, I play right back. So it's pretty hard on me, the fact that I have to um, always be compared against the better brother. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have these like brother brother kind of waves where you just pair up with each other and know exactly what's going to happen, what the other's going to do? For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, just um, say yes anyway. <laughs> was it pre-COVID? Um, Robbie was actually playing centre back on the left side, so he was actually playing next to me. So you, yeah, it was perfect. Like, yeah, it was it was amazing because I just knew that you know if anyone got past me, Robbie had me had him covered. You know, so it was nice to have him next to got me. Got your back. Yeah, he had yeah. my back. And, so yeah, and you're good. extra aggressive when someone does something to your brother or gets past or not that anyone gets past him, but if something happens where something might, yeah, towards him and you're the next line of defense, it's, um, yeah, it's game on. I love that. That's mad. I'm like that with May. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are like a wall. You'll fly to Cyprus to protect her. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for the vaccine and then I'm going to go. <laughs> And borders to open and Australia to actually let people leave the country, that would be nice. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. Pleasure Thank to you. be here. It is a pleasure. The pleasure is ours, really. <laughs> so today we are with Roberto and Giorgio Speranza. Yeah, pronunciation. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about that if oh, I was yeah. going to say it okay, but I, I passed the test. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll, good. We'll I'm it. glad. <laughs> Obviously, I've had the privilege of knowing you for a couple of years, but those who are listening, they are either going to know you really well because they're your friends listening to the podcast <laughs> or they don't know who you are. So I thought we could start this podcast just with you guys going into a bit of, a bit more detail about your stories. If you want to talk about the other person, go for it. <laughs> I guess in terms of football too, kind of when 
your career started and how old you were when you first played and and all those things that we all want to know. So go on. Um, yeah, I'll kick things off. Basically, I think 16 months apart pretty much helped us in terms of um, our football because from about, I think, five, six years old, we started playing um, in a competitive environment. And because my brother was pretty much the same body shape and size as me you made things very competitive can i just ask was that because you were small for your age or because a bit of both a bit of both you met halfway yeah nice i I would like to think i've been a pretty good you know size my whole life (laughs) maybe i'm just shorter than what i thought g was what we call a slow cooker you know i mean all the other kids are hitting puberty real quick and g was just taking his time (laughs) pacing himself well people love slow cookers exactly right 100 percent. he was the ragu um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you, two-minute noodles? <laughs> Al dente as well. Um, but yeah, as you're saying, 100%, yeah, we're real competitive growing up and that, I think, pushed each other. Like, every day we're in the backyard. If it wasn't soccer, we're playing cricket or rugby league and a, a friendly game of touch footy would soon become grab, which would soon become tackle, would soon become a headlock and Wrestling. calling out for mum, like, mum, like, break it up before he kills me after <laughs> I let go of him, you know? <laughs> and... Um, so I think our competitive nature, yeah, was inbuilt from when we were super little and, um, yeah, mum couldn't handle us. But, yeah, somehow eventually we, we stopped fighting and <laughs> started being on the same team. Isn't that but, uh, nice? we, I think we developed our love for football through my dad because he just loves football and he played his whole life pretty much. So he just, yeah, he built that in us. And, mm. yeah, like I said, from a young age, we just kicked the ball around and that's all we knew, yeah. like, what to do, really. Um, I remember being in the backyard and... He pretty much didn't allow us to come back in until we break our, our record with like juggling. <laughs> wow. So remember, and so yeah, did he really set the bar lines. high for you guys, do you think? Whatever our previous record was, we'd be it the next day. Yeah. And then he'd print off a certificate which would say, you know, Robbie's juggling record. Uh, and I have like a little, on those word art pictures of a soccer ball and a, a man kicking a ball. And then it was like 33. That's and amazing. then if we beat a record, we ran like, dad, 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 beat a record. And then. What'd you get? Thirty-five, and you print off a new certificate for us, and then we, that would sit on our little pinboard yeah. thing. That's so nice. So it was actually a great idea from my dad because, like, you know, we had like heaps of motivation mm. to beat our record because uh, uh, there was sometimes we were like hours just outside, especially in summer. Sun, sun's going savings. down. Yeah. yeah like, and he's going, "You aren't coming in until you beat your yeah. record." And I'm like, "But dad, I need dinner." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was starving. Wow. Yeah. But as well, he facilitated like us enjoying football too mm-hmm. for like that reason, and then. Like our backyard, we had a goal in a net and then the other goal, well, we ended up using a swing set that we ended up destroying with how many shots we shot into it and then eventually took all those things off, put a net on that. So we had like two goals facing each other. And yeah. Every day after school, after, even if our friends would come over, they couldn't wait to come over and go, can we play in the backyard? And like, all right. And we'd all be shooting and playing games. Like, it was like, yeah, yeah. constant Royal Rumble. And yeah. Like I think back then, I don't think it was the same as now. Like if you could look at in all the parks, there's so many synthetic pitches with mm. goals and nets. Mm. Whereas back then, there was just, you know, pretty crappy pitches all across Sydney. So to have your own backyard with a decent grass pitch and with goals and nets was just like Yeah, that's a amazing. luxury, really. Exactly. Yeah. And also football. That's pretty country. cool. Yeah, football in this country doesn't allow you to have a goal with a net in summer because it's always cricket season. So it was nice to have something to shoot into in that time of the year. But yeah, now, obviously, artificial pitches have changed that yeah. for the most recent, of yeah. like, yeah, five years or so. So after, I guess, growing up with that constant push from your dad or motivation, shall we call mm. it, did you, at what age did you enroll in like your first club? And then 
did at what point I guess we really want to know when it started to feel like something you could make a career out of or take quite seriously uh, so we both started at RPR um, and that was just park soccer and then oh, back then under 11s was the first rep site you could pretty much okay. um, get into and that was um, at Spirit which is they were called Northern Spirit back then but they're called Spirit FC now um, yeah, we start. Oh, well, I I started first because I was older, and my brother had one more year left of under tens at Arpia or Enfield Rovers. Yeah. <coughs> so up up. This is just a random question. Arpia, I I always thought they were more um, NPL league, or are they not? Yes, yeah, so they are. they have a, a like a park level team, and they okay. also have a NPL team. So okay. back then, yeah, until under tens, there was no no NPL or no okay, high quality. Sure. What we used to call Premier League. And then yeah, he went to Spirit, and then I didn't. We didn't even know there was such thing as a rep hmm. league or anything until at some gala day, you guys in your team killed it, and then five or six of their players got poached to go Northern Spirit. Wow! And then Did, the following year, I went and joined him as well. Is that how it generally happens? With because I don't know, right? I've never been scouted mm. in my life. Yeah. I'd love that. Um, I'm out here if anyone wants to scout me. But <laughs> um, so I've seen you hit a free kick too. <laughs> like definitely get I on it, you, girls. You've got a you've got a good video of me. Yeah, Missing some... a free kick, but I was close. Yeah, yeah, I've got some good um, bids. I'll work on it this season. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess, is it is that how it works? Someone has to find you and, and invite you, or is there a tryout process? It's normally a trial process, yeah. but I think a lot of the junior football, there's um, politics everywhere you go. So it's always, you know, someone's son or someone's nephew is trialling somewhere, and often the best players don't get picked um, because of, yeah... To facilitate, yeah, and that's also um, with like a lot of agents now, mm. player agents, and like people just managing players. That yeah, you see that all the time now. It's just more through connections these days. Wow, than pretty much when we. So do young kids, uh, kids playing, do they have agents and managers as well in order to get scouted, or does that have to come later on? Yeah, a lot of them do. Um, particularly, I would say early teen years, where they start picking up an agent or something, because most kids over here want to head overseas or to a NYL team. So normally like your Sydney senior your Wanderers these days. They want to try and get into those sort of clubs at an earlier age um, or overseas at an earlier age. And like, a, yeah, like Matty Ryan, for example, or Massimo Luongo, he went over to Tottenham with an agent when he was 17, 16, 17. And at the time, Tottenham had just had an injury in his position. He trialled, did well. And the rest is history. Now he's a, a socceroo and, you know, making big dollars. Timing was in his favour as well. Yeah. Is other, I suppose, the academies, the European and English academies are quite, you know, they've got a great reputation for forming those those footballers who end up in the Premier League and playing for their country. Is there other academies here with that same kind of prestige? I, I mean, obviously, it's not necessarily Spurs or whatever, but um, if you get into an academy, is there one that generally Produces. is the, a better you know, step towards that career? I think obviously if you're at a Sydney FC or Wanderers or Mariners, Jets, all the A-League teams, if you're mm -hmm. in their academy, you, you're being seen by those coaches who are in that, yeah. in that, you know, that club. So you've got a better chance to possibly, you know, gain a professional contract yeah. or semi-professional contract with the youth league teams. But um, it's just like anything, like if, if, you're, if you make it into a, an academy mm. and if it's a good club, then you've got, a, you know, really good chance. But if it's, you know, a lower league, team or club then I guess your chances aren't as great 
And a lot of the kids, again, like it's all about that exposure. So if they're in an NYL team, they're training every day at Sydney FC, for example, then Sydney FC will look at those kids and promote them before they go to yeah. an MPL club who might have a kid who's also of the same age, probably more talented or whatever else. But if not in their system, you don't really get much of a look in. It's very political, hey? Mm, political, but I guess it's, I like that they breed within their own. But mm-hmm. as well, like for some kids, you think they're, they're working and working and working and they might not get an opportunity. But then other people, they do. Like I look at a guy... Who I treat his name's Lockie Rose. He was playing he couldn't quite crack first grade at Blacktown when we were there. And then ended up going MPL two to get minutes. Worked his <clears throat> his backside off and then got himself a gig at MacArthur Bulls now. And now he's playing A League. So wow. he had, I am guessing an agent would have helped him get a trial to just open a door for him and then and then he's he's taken his opportunity. Yeah, I think it's all about the opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not saying that they're gave, they're giving them contracts because obviously they can't, but they're just they're just opening the door, and mm-hmm. then you know it's up to the player. So the agents are obviously helping that you know they're helping that step that, up that platform. But yeah. yeah. Did you guys have a stint at all with an agent? In fact, do you have agents now? How does it work on on your end? We don't have agents now. We had one when yeah. we were a bit younger, um, and we went overseas and stuff. But personally, we weren't overly. Um, happy with what was going on to be honest so so you did you guys did go overseas to kind of try and was it to get into an academy was it to get scouted what what we was the process tried to pursue a um a what was it a we went to greece greece yeah, first so wow athens and then we went to a belgian second division team um and we trained a bit in italy with another club but all in all i think we realized when we were there that a lot of the opportunities that we're opening up weren't we probably weren't the right fit, I would say. Um, like in Greece, if we were to stay there, there was no money at the time. That was Roman A actually went bankrupt. So I think wow. the year after that, they went to the fourth division and they went into yeah, bankruptcy and stuff. And then the Belgian club, it was a long waiting game. And I think we sort of looked at it as if we were to get into this Belgian second division under 20s team, like how, how many steps below where we want to be are we you know mm-hmm. if we break into the first grade team then try and get into a first division team then try and go to a bigger club somewhere else and we realized how long the process would still mm-hmm. be from where we wanted to get to so yeah i think as well the australian lifestyle mm. me and my brother we love that yeah and being um you know loving mum's cooking <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and was... she don't want to go to belgium too <laughs> <laughs> That was a bit of massive like if, change for us. Do you think if um do you think if Europe was closer, like obviously Europe is uh, twenty four hours away from Australia at best. Do you think if Europe was like where New Zealand was, uh, it would be more enticing to try and push for that or 100%. or no? Yeah, for sure. It's just a distance, another world. And then even like for me, I, I just remember going, walking through Belgium and looking at like the cobblestone floors and. The co- like the cottage type buildings around how cold it was and I was thinking do I really want to live here like mm-hmm. I don't think I want to leave my house and my comfort zone for this um, yeah I think it's, it's more the fact that like you know you're like you're leaving your family and there's a language barrier mm. and you like yeah you know as humans we tend to you know be in our comfort zone and we enjoy being in our comfort mm-hmm. zone with our family and friends so to leave that all you know just to pursue <clears throat> a career in football at the time, we were really young as well. Like, I think it was 18, 19. Mm. Wow. I was 19, my brother was 18. So, yeah, it was a big, big, like, risk mm. for us. Um, and at the time, we had both, you know, gone to university. Um, so. And speaking on the lifestyle side of things as well, is that, like, where we come from, we come from a very comfortable country. Whereas, like, um, like um, there's people who, we hear all the stories of people from Brazil and other countries where they, they come from poverty. 
So like they want to and they have to because they have to succeed. They don't have a choice. Mm. They will do what they have to yeah. do to get there. Whereas for us, we were, obviously we we're super driven. Like, I mean, we, we flew over to Europe, right? So we have to have some sort of drive to even commit anything towards that. But I think as well, knowing you have a safety blanket makes you maybe not jump as hard, jump as far, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. Totally. Yeah, do you think that, I mean, that's obviously something that you guys considered quite heavily and it impacted your decisions. And do you think that's also part of why there aren't that many Australian players kind of pushing to go overseas that much or, or really playing in big leagues? Um, is it is a much hard, I guess it is a much harder decision for someone from Australia to do than maybe someone who who lives in Europe already or elsewhere that's closer. Yeah. Um, well, me, me being a teacher, um, we're very much about you know in Australia we should be career driven, and um, even when we were growing up, you know my mum and dad told us we'd always have to you know study hard and you know get the best education we could get. So we've always got something else in the back of our minds besides football. Whereas, like, yeah. like Robbie said earlier, if you're overseas, sometimes you know they they just they live and breathe football, and there's nothing else really for them going on at that stage. There's no other commitments. Whereas we have other commitments in Australia, whether that's work or study, and you know we I think we we really strive to be educated here, um, and I think that definitely played a role. Yeah. Because we're in a country of opportunity, that's why as well. Like it's not just like, and to to make it in football in Australia, isn't really making it in football. Um, yeah, you, you play full time, but yeah, your your income. A lot of people like say no to A League because they're taking a pay cut to go play A League, whereas you can have a, a job and a career where you start where you're 20. By the time you finish, you're 35, and you're well and truly established in your job, yeah. and you can play part time football, and make very good coin, or you go and play A League where you're paying we're getting paid restricted sort of funds. You're changing city every couple of years. So you probably can't buy a house or anything like that. You finish it in your thirties and you got to start from fresh again. Hmm. So I think making it in Australia isn't, isn't exactly making it. It's not like the be all and end all of what people expect it to. Everyone wants to be the next Steven Gerrard or whatever man, making hundreds of thousands of dollars a week, but it's not quite like that. Well, not here anyway, because only realistically, if you're looking at players or Aussie players who have made it well enough where they can probably retire post football <coughs> career, and they're set, there would be yeah, it wouldn't be many. Probably Aaron yeah. Moy and Matty Ryan, possibly maybe Massimo Luongo, Mark, possibly like you Mark know. Schwarter. Yeah, if we're going back, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look the at the golden you now. generation for sure would be in that in that boat, but the rest of like the current mm. crop of Aussie players overseas, yeah, most of them are getting jobs when they finish. So yeah. I think we're actually yeah pretty well off by doing um or a bit better off sorry by playing NPL. For sure. Well, you actually answered my question because I was going to say, do you think that the A League is you know a stepping stone or is it actually something that almost hinders your progress? And it sounds obviously it's it's a great experience to have and and career and stuff like that. But I guess if you if you don't make it overseas, you have to make that choice whether you pursue that full time football career here. That is not necessarily going to allow you to live as financially securely as you could if you had chosen a more straightforward career. For example, you know, you've become a physiotherapist, you're a teacher, you obviously valued education because you also knew that you needed that. Is it? Would you call it a backup? Or was it more that, was that your focus and the football was always just like, I want to maintain it, I want to keep it going? I, th I, think, I think you'd be lying if you said you weren't striving to be a professional because that's... <clears throat> 
I think as Jeeb was saying, like that's, that's our goal from mm-hmm. when we were young. You know, we played in the Sydney FC youth league teams and got some friendlies with first grade and trained with first grade here and there. And, you, and you're you're there. You're on on the brink, and it's just a matter of do you do you make that cut or do you just you know do you slide in or do you slide away? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, naturally when you're 18, 19, 20, it's not about the money. It's about you know you want to you want to succeed. Um, and then yeah, different things happen to different players. Everyone's got their own story of why they made it, why they didn't make it, why they were lucky or unlucky. Um, but yeah, I think over time, as we've sort of aged and matured, we start to realise maybe what happened was was for the best. And yeah, um, as I said before, I think the A League is a stepping stone for Australian players to go overseas. But the quality, obviously, we understand isn't the best, um, and. I think the NPL, if you place a lot of these players in a professional environment where they're playing and training every day, then I think you'd see a different side to Australian football. There'd be a lot more better competitive teams. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, it's just a lack of training in the NPL and that's that's pretty much the gap between the A-League and NPL. Okay. I think technically there's a lot of NPL players that can step up into A-League. Comfortably. And I think we've I think there's a lot of teams have proven that. Um, especially in the, those um, FA Cup matches. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, I've so seen some myself. They're really entertaining yeah. to watch for the you know the mutual. Um, but yeah, I think I think overall, you know, the A League's good quality, and um, you know they're they're attracting more and more um, you know really good players, and especially now with COVID, they've got a lot of local talent now, as Robbie mentioned before with um, Lachlan Rose. But yeah, I guess the goal is just trying to get it better and better, mm. and improve the quality. What do you, what do you think the A League needs? Like just more money, more exposure, more sponsors. Um, it needs the B League definitely. Yeah, I can write an encyclopedia what's wrong with Australian football. <laughs> is, that another, is that another episode? Uh, <laughs> uh, run us through, run us through like top three. A few ideas. A few top yeah, three. Ideas. A few ideas. Through, yeah. All right. So I mean, I this will this will obviously get picked up by the the FFA, so they're going to implement whatever they you told me. <laughs> they told me they wanted us to present some ideas. So I hope they're listening. So firstly, you need more teams, right? Straight off the bat, you can't expect Australian football to grow when you have. 12 teams in your national competition, right? 12 teams, 20 players, that's 240 professional footballers. Of that, each team has six to eight foreigners. So let's just go play, let's say six, for example. So six times 12, that's 72. So 72 out of your 240 are now foreigners. That leaves you with, what's the number? Can someone do the math for me? I mean, huh. you, you <laughs> 160 I professional help. Australians, roughly, right? 168, is that the number? Whatever it is. Yeah, that so. is how many professional Australians there are. So how, what what chance do you have of breeding a, a successful Socceroo team, for example, when or when that is your talent pool that you're choosing out of? Then from that, all our foreigners are all attacking players. They're washed up Brazilians and Spaniards, guys who are creative, guys who can make things happen, right? And yeah, they're probably a little more talented than what we've got, but it also creates a blockage for all our creative talent as they can't get into a mm-hmm. full-time professional environment, so they're all getting, they're all slugging it away in the MPLs. So that's what G sort of mentioned before about these um, <clears throat> the MPL having a lot of talented players, and I'm sure a lot of them are far more talented than all the guys in the A League, and that's because they are creative in nature. But unfortunately, the, there's a there's a blockage in terms of getting into an attacking position mm-hmm. for a for a professional club. Um, that's my first one. <laughs> I, know, I know a few guys, like a player who I used to play with at Blacktown who was the National Youth League Player of the Year, Sydney FC Youth Team Player of the Year. 
So if that was in, 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 and that was when Sydney FC won the league and they had, you know, six blokes from the golden generation and whatever else. And, um, and he didn't, and so imagine like if, it, if I was in England, for example, back when Man United were the best team and whatever else, and you have your best player in your youth league team who, who got player of the team, player of the competition for the under-20s. If he doesn't get snapped up by a first-grade contract at Man United, he'll go somewhere else. He'll go to a West Ham or someone will pick him up or they'll loan him. And then that, that player still remains in that top tier. Here, you don't get that gig. There's not enough exposure across other clubs. He ends up going back to State League. Now he's an accountant. Mm. And that, that, that mm. is a problem. So that's why you need more, more teams for a larger span of professional, um, in, like, professional players in, in these environments. And I think if there's a B League, it should be, they should limit foreigners to how they do in the NPL, which I think is like two players per team. And, you know, because, yeah, they bring into entertainment value. Like, you know, you can't, like, Diamante for Western United. It makes you want to watch them in Berisha, of course. But in if you're going to create a B-League, it needs to be aimed at promoting young Aussies and giving them a chance. And that's how I would fix that problem. Is there a third? Oh, there's more. There's yeah, <laughs> more. What, <laughs> what about, you know, the concept of relegation as well? And 100% should yeah. be involved. I've, I've always, that's my passion point with the NPL and the A-League. If you gave those teams the opportunity to play up because they've performed so well, and the you know yeah. A-League teams have performed so poorly, yeah, for sure, the it would change the sentiment around that's football. Right. I think. Yeah, so I don't know how Central Coast Mariners are still an A-League club, and that's uh, <laughs> calling shots out here. But um, I didn't you, hear anything wrong. <laughs> you can't you can't come last three years in a row and be and just keep recycling the same washed up players. And, and, and remain the A-League. Now, this year, they're funnily enough coming first because they've got some decent structure. I think that's through really their coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But end of the day, they should have been relegated years ago. And yeah. I'm sure if you put a club like Marconi, which obviously we play for. Obviously. Um, yeah, who have a massive club with the Pokies and a Dalton house in there and things that are going on they have so available. Um, plus, you know, the stadiums, three or four training fields, rugby league fields, tennis courts, squash courts, gym, like massive car park like Marconi owns facilities that is a club that can succeed in A-League especially mm-hmm. the amount of money FFA pump into every A-League club to make them work if they have that plus that what's, what happens at Marconi Marconi would succeed whereas Mariners yeah speak for themselves yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's it's interesting to hear you say it because it's something that I think people talk about I, I, that's part of the appeal for you know the European leagues for me mm. Is I love the st- like the lead story. Yeah. Like I love the That's fact right. that for fourteen years they've been stuck, you know, unable to kind of get back into the prem, and then they're back in it, and we're seeing them score against these top six, top mm. four teams. Yeah. Sometimes win against them. Um, I play fantasy, so I, I've got Bamford on the team. Like, <laughs> I love it. This week. I know it's this week has been a really good week for me. Anyway, Captain you Gilligan. actually. No, but I still didn't. Did you? Did I advised him. Yeah, I advised him as well. doesn't play. <laughs> Who did you captain? Calvert Lewin. Oh, and he came out injured. Oh. Yeah. But he he probably won't play. So I he hope, I hope you're gonna get Gundogan. Yeah, for the first time ever, I hope my captain doesn't play. <laughs> I heard that he's not gonna play tomorrow. So beautiful. I'm pretty sure Ancelotti said he's not playing. So uh, I think you'll be right. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> that scares me because the the league that we play in is very competitive. I take it very seriously. That's my like third job. And the guy, the guy beneath me, 
he viced Gundogan and he captained Calvert-Lewin. He did oh, what wow. you did. So I'm sitting there in suspense. I'm like, please let Calvert-Lewin play. So he gets like <laughs> two points for his captaincy. But I might lose my, I might lose my rank. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It is what it is. Do you play? Uh, nah. No. I'm going to pretend like I know who these players are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking Man City. No, I don't, I don't watch Deep <laughs> here. I don't watch much football, to be honest. You don't? Nah. You Only just prefer to play it. I play and then I just watch uh, Juventus. Any coaches. Nice. That's all, yeah. Like people talk about APO and even some, like ev- oh, even like the, the Spanish and German. Honestly, besides like the big players, yeah. I've got no idea. Like I'll just pretty much go blank in these conversations. <laughs> and people people think that I, I know exactly what they're talking about. Like, and I just keep nodding. Yeah, yeah. Just nod. Smile and wave, yeah. as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Smile and wave. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, Robbie, you're into the EPL. Yeah, I love it. Yes. Liverpool? Yeah. Watch the highlights I remember we watched, we went and watched one of those Champions League. Yeah. yeah. They lost to Real Madrid, I yeah, remember. Was, yeah, it was a disgusting day at the office. Helston Park. Yeah. RSL. <laughs> Sad day. <laughs> that was the day with Carrius put one through his hands. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. He did more than Salah that. Hurt his, hurt his shoulder. Disaster and, day. Yeah. And, and uh, Ramos got all violent on Salah. Yeah. That was bad. That I'll was never forget line. that game. Um, and so you're a Juve fan? Yeah, Juventus. Nice. <laughs> now this is the first, honestly, the first year where we're pretty much not at the top. What yeah. are they coming? Um, What's the rank? I think we're fourth. Yeah. Oh. Fourth, I yeah. think. So yeah. we had to beat um, Napoli. Napoli to be to be four points within um, AC at North the top, North, yeah. and then we lost. So the last time I checked, it was four seven behind. Oh. But so right, we've done it nine years in a row. <laughs> so I think. You know, seven points c- to catch up with a team like Juventus. With a player like Ronaldo. With my boy CR7. <laughs> <laughs> I, was <waiting laughs> the the I was waiting for the Ronaldo. I was waiting for the Ronaldo reference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that, speaking of players, if you guys could play on any team at, in any point in history, which team would it be? And you might need to think a little Jeez. bit. but Mine's no brainer. Can it, does it be a club or is it, can it be a... A country. Get creative. Do what you want. Italy 06 World Cup team. 100%. Well, I was going to say the same. <laughs> Imagine you were on the team together, you know guys. I wouldn't mind Australia 06 as well. Yeah, yeah. that would be e- either Either of those teams 06. Yeah. They were a good, I mean, they were Italy. good years for the Socceroos. May? It was probably a better year for Italy, yeah. 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 But <laughs> Granted. That, that match, who are you going for? I mean, for those for people who are listening who um, aren't, unaware when Italy knocked out Australia in the 06 World Cup, who would you have supported in that match? Who did you support in that match? We were 50-50, weren't we? I was, I was supporting Australia. I, I remember I cried at night when I was going to bed that night. But then the next day, everyone at school was like hammering Italians and obviously I'm Italian. And I was like, whoa, calm down, guys. Like it was a stupid challenge from Lucas Neal. Who the hell goes sliding in the box like that? Like it's... It was a foul. Like five minutes before full time. Yeah. Five seconds before full time. <laughs> Do you think it was a pen or no pen? I don't know. I, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Put it this way, would Australia have done as well as Italy if they would have progressed? Yeah. I don't think No, so. but I think I think Australia going through to the quarterfinals or the the semifinals would have been Oh yeah, would have been as huge. good for Australia. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, massive. So, I mean, winning is obviously an achievable target for Italy, but it's not for Australia, but to get to 
to quarterfinals or semifinals is something that would actually be kind of monumental for football in the country. Mm, I think it was anyway. Mm, I've never seen the whole country rally behind football ever like that. No. Yeah, completely. I think it did have that effect, eh? Minus the result. The result result wasn't too bad in the end, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a I mean, we haven't come, we haven't come close to it since, so yeah, been a disaster since. Not yet. Still, still not a big deal. Mm. The women, the women's. No, uh, not in the men's. Matilda's killing it. I know. Yeah, good side. Yeah, are you? Do you interact with like women's football much? Do you watch it? We um we sometimes watch it when we're at Marconi because Wanderers have an affiliation with Marconi. Oh, club. cool. Yeah, so two weeks ago we had a preseason match after the W League match which was Wanderers and Melbourne City. Mm. So, yeah, no, we've seen a few live games before. Um, I th- we think the quality's decent. Mm. I don't know, Rob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think now that a few of the girls, like the better girls, have gone over to play in Europe for these massive clubs, it's showing that, up. like, obviously the Aussies are, are among the best in the women's because yeah. they're going collecting the big contracts. Totally. Um, whereas, obviously, in the men, we're well behind because... Our best players are struggling to get a gig in Brighton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I mean, I mean he, he kind of upgraded from Brighton, so yeah. he's all right. Yeah, it's all right on loan. Six yeah. months of, of glory for him is good. It's not bad at all. I do like Matty Ryan. I actually met him not last year, the year before. He was outside my work and I saw someone with a Brighton jersey on. Mm. Who wears that? Like, it's Bryden. So random. So the girl I was with happened to be from Bryden and she goes up to this guy and she's like, excuse me, I have to know, why do you have that jersey on? (laughs) And he's like, oh, I'm a a manager for for Bryden. Oh, Maddie Ryan's just having an interview around the corner. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to meet him. (laughs) He was the coolest guy, so nice. But, I mean, it's it's good to see him doing his thing with Arsenal, even if it's for six months or whatever. (laughs) So Gotta I, be proud I of him. playing against him and a little bit with him. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget how, how good his passing game was. He could play number six for any team wow. and be the best like passer of the ball you'll ever see. Like just landed on your toe on a 10-set piece. Um, That's so cool that you mm, had that experience. Yeah, and he ended up, I think he went to Mariners and it was him and another keeper who were like toe-and-toe. And he ended up sneaking in that he got the gig for the third keeper. Then I'm pretty sure it was Vukovic got an overseas contract, so he became second keeper. For round one, keeper did a serious injury, and Matty Ryan got thrown in the deep end. And I think he struggled his first two or three games. Maybe mm-hmm. he let in a few howlers, but they didn't have a choice. They had to stick by him. And then it's funny when, like, you support your youth, what happens? You know, now he's become Aussie's, Australia's best player. Yeah, he's had he's had a pretty cool uh, career, actually, with, like, Valencia and mm. playing La Liga and then doing Belgium his thing. as well, in... yeah. He's been everywhere. Yeah, really cool. Back on the team thing, what about player? Like who would be just a, a mad player to train with or to play with? Well, obviously for me, CR7. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to play with him. Dybala. I mean, Dybala would be awesome. Yeah. He's cool. Um, Gigi Buffon. Mm. Just to have some shots. Just some shots against shots, him. shots, yeah. Just had him at the just local park. Just watch nothing go in. <laughs> <laughs> um, played with. Yeah, it's a tough one. I have to say my brother won. Mm. Aww. That's cute, bro. Insert cute music hey, here. Cute, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he just likes people that win his headers for him. <laughs> hey, but that's a good dynamic. That's right. He does all the running for me and all the passing. I just head the ball to him. Um, if I could pick a player to play with, I'd pick Gerard. I'd go back in time. I love Stevie it. Stevie G, what a man. 
he single-handedly made me support Liverpool before that. I didn't really have a team. And then just watched him destroy Chelsea single-handedly one day. And I thought, wow, That's this guy is inspiring. I want to be him. That's and so then, cool. Hmm. In terms of players I've played with, best player? Actually, Del Piero, actually, at training. Yeah. So, like, his his first day at Sydney, I got caught up to train with the first team. And I think I'd signed, like, a week before. And, I was like, and then the rumours came out. And I was like, no way. Surely, like, Del Piero is not coming. You know, like, us being Juve fans since we were, like, born. You know, I had a Juve shirt on before I knew what it meant. And then watching Del Piero, like, my whole life, pretty much. And then, yeah, him... <clears throat> uh, like I remember the first session he came and I was like, oh my God, it's actually like, I'm looking at him in the in the flesh, like he's a real human being, not in a TV. Because obviously in Australia, you don't get like European football where you can go to a stadium and watch the best players in the world. Like the best player I'd seen was like literally no one. And um, <laughs> Can I say a name? <laughs> Sorry? Can I say your name? Say your name? Yeah. I don't Just know. Talking about Simon? Or? <laughs> 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 oh jeez, he went there. Um... But yeah, I remember like marking him and stuff and I was literally just like just touching him, just just patting his back randomly when the ball's on the other side of the field <laughs> and just going like, I just touched El Piero. <laughs> Do it again. I just touched just, El Piero. You know? just, and then he goes back home, he's like, this random, this guy just kept touching my back. <laughs> but I became friends with him because I, I just, I used like the seven words of Italian I could put together in one go, like, ciao, mi cano de picture. <laughs> <laughs> in the training. Good words. Yeah, and he's like, oh, like, ciao. And I'm like, I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> and I just like tried to hug him. But um, the joke was on him because at the end of the day i'm never forget this was like the highlight of my whole time at sydney i had an ice bath with him so we were using like those old wow. black recycling bins you know those ones like literally like you can it's like the depth of a like the length of a newspaper mm-hmm. and i'm sitting in this little ice bath and then he came and sat in my ice bath and we we're like sitting there with our legs interlocked and i was no like way. he just chose my recycling <laughs> bin like what a guy <laughs> i got so nervous like i was on a first date <laughs> i was like oh so are you, are you liking sydney <laughs> What do I say? What do I say? Did that starstruckness like ever fade? Like, did it ever become normal that you're just hanging out with Del Piero and you're playing with him and you're passing him the ball? Did that ever normalize, or were you always kind of this little schoolboy? Really excited. 100% schoolboy all the time. Every time I hear him giving someone else advice, I would listen to it and I still repeat it to this day. Like, I never forget him telling Joel Kinesi. (laughs) I never forget it. And he said to him, when the ball goes to the goalkeeper, you always, always go. Because goalkeeper, no number 10. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, like, <laughs> the confidence in him to say because he knows he's a number 10. And he goes, a goalkeeper is not a number 10. So you always press them. So even to this day, any time a ball goes to a goalkeeper, you'll hear me from center back screaming, press, press. <laughs> and I the keepers that. will or normally shoot their pants. Del Piero said press. That's so right. do it. So if anyone ever tells me, don't press a goalkeeper, I'll be like, do you know more than Del Piero? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you do. What kind of number 10 are you? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> that is really cool. Hmm. And G? Yeah, no, I don't know. Eh? It's a tough one. Other than Roberto, you're not really sure. <laughs> yeah, no, Robbie's just... You had know, a... Struck me. Have you? <laughs> we've had a water spill in. <laughs> Almost got my nose that. Have you? Have you guys had the chance to play overseas? Any fun games in different places? Um, we both went to Vietnam with Sydney in different stints. Hmm. That was pretty cool. <clears throat> Playing in front of like full stadiums of people who they also like the chairs like they sit on their feet like you know, I mean, they don't sit like on chairs like like we do. Like they're all like in these little squats and. They packed the stadium so much that I remember we played like a third place playoff and the grand final, the stadium was so full. We had to sit on the sideline 
of the ground. So the, the it was packed, and they were jumping up and down, throwing bottles at us like when we're time wasting and things like that. It was pretty sick. That was an awesome experience in terms of overseas football. Also, when we were at um, AIG, when we played with the reserve team, mm. that was a good experience. Had a trial match against some Greek team. You can imagine the the length of that name. <laughs> I'm not even going to guess what it was. Longer than Olympiakos. Yeah. For the Greeks, Tikanis Kalai. <laughs> <laughs> Your Greeks improved. Yeah. Peso for Wow. He made Talos Krasalos. Wow. Can you tell he married a Greek girl? Yeah, wow. Shout out, Gabby. You both married Greek. We did. We did. Wow. Yes. I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. After, after a long rivalry with Greeks, we ended up, yeah, both both finding Greeks and all our good mates have ended up with Greeks as well. It's pretty it's pretty funny, so funny how it works out. Yeah. All I know is that if you ask a Greek about football, they will always say, we won the 04 Euros. <laughs> that's, all, that's, all, that's their argument. We won the 04 Euros. I like, mean, that's, please. that's all they've got, so. you got to give it to them, but they did win it. <laughs> it's more than Lebanon's one, so I can't really say <laughs> Now that you guys are new dads, so for people who are listening who are listening and don't know, they're both you've got they're under one, under two years old? Mine is one year and one month almost. Wow. And G yours? And five almost five months. So yeah. cute. Do you feel differently at all about how you're gonna raise your kids on football, do you think you're going to take a lot of influence from the way that your dad did it? Because you obviously talked about it very fondly earlier. Are you going to take a lot of that away? I mean, you've had a daughter, Rob, and you've had a son. Mm. So how how's that going to influence you, do you think? I think it will influence me a bit more, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know if Robbie wants Lily playing at a high level, football. Yeah. Of course oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't really ask him, but... Yeah, obviously, my goal is to get, um, yeah, my son pretty much higher level than than we played. So awesome. everything, that, everything that my dad did, I'll pretty much do the same. Yeah, and for me, like I think with the gender gap becoming so much smaller and the Matildas being so good and Australian football growing so much in women's, <clears throat> I'd love for Lily to to play and again like i try and facilitate it already like i have soccer balls sitting in every room so that way now she's just started walking my plan is and like when i when i used to hold her hands to help her walk we'd put a ball in front and she'd kick it around and she'd track the ball so now i'm hoping the next stage is she starts dribbling a ball around the house and like i treat a girl who's 12 or 13 and she like we ask her like how many juggles can you do and she goes all of them <laughs> you know <laughs> like she just loves the ball she brings it around the yeah. house all the time she's always kicking against walls and stuff and i think if lily if i can again like my dad did for us facilitate an environment that she enjoys the ball mm. um then obviously she has every chance of succeeding whereas if like majority of kids these days are on technology and all that sort of thing more often then yeah it might be a little different but yeah obviously my, my goal is to is to keep her um away from from the technology side of things and yeah make Rob, her active is, is the first school you're going to teach her heading or kicking <laughs> <laughs> She's probably already headed more balls as it is. I accidentally, I've kicked a couple of balls at her head by accident. <laughs> to be fair, she hasn't oh cried no. there. Yeah. She'll be um, she'll be well adjusted oh. by the time she gets out there. Oh, yeah, yeah she'll have copped a few, that's for sure. Well, guys, thank you so much for no, your time. For this was awesome. We'll get you on uh, to talk a little bit more about the uh, the A-League, NPL uh <laughs> Feelings that you have, Robbie. The encyclopedia of how to correct Australian football. Yeah, please. <laughs> It'll be a sit-down session with uh, Roberto Speranza. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, thank no, you. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you.
If you enjoyed the show, subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Got a question for us? Hit us up on email, Twitter or Instagram. Just check the description for details. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.